Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about, uh, well, the, the topic we're going to talk about today, we've talked about before, but we're going to talk about it in a different light, and that's um, why we don't insist that people have to abstain, why we talk about moderation. Um, and this why is, we allow it to be an option. Yes, why we include it as an option. Um, we wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family to help people to learn how they can solve their addiction and move on with their lives. We offer an incredible opportunity to work with us directly in private one-on-one classes. There's a couple options to do that, and you can learn about all of our products at thefreedommodel.org. So I had a, a situation where I had a... a young woman that really wanted to come to our retreat and her, her father had actually found us and started doing some research and, um, and he, she was all ready to go. She was all packed and ready to come here. And he took issue with the fact that we keep reduced substance use as an option. Um, and insisted that we would have to tell her if we wanted her to come here, We'd have to tell her she needed to be abstinent from all substances. And, of course, um, we don't do that. Right. We don't force people or coerce people and make their choices for them. Right. And I and I did try to explain to him exactly why we don't do that. Um, ironically, she'd already been to one program that tried to do that with her. And her she ended up getting worse and her she ended up binging more. You know, there, there may, may have been longer stints between her binges. But her binges tended to be a bit more epic than they were before, um, and which is what we see with people that are forced into you know, abstinence when it's not their decision. Yeah. So I had a I had a guest uh, in private instruction just yesterday, and we were talking, and he had he had gone out on a bender, and he felt really bad about it. And first thing I did was I said, "Listen, you know, let's not feel bad about something that you want to do." Right, right, right. So, um, and then, then he said, you know, well, I have to abstain. It's obvious I have to abstain. Yes. Now, here's what's interesting about that is normally I would agree, but we've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on this, and he's really struggled. And I said, well, well, you, when you abstain, do you feel deprived? He goes, absolutely. I said, well, then that's going to fail. Right. So, so there has to be some middle ground option that that seems more reasonable that you can try. And then he said, well, you know, I went, I, I, when I go on a binge and I, and I fall apart, uh, and these five to eight day binges, I am at home and I'm isolated and I'm, he goes, I'm sitting in my bed and it turns into a sweaty pool. He goes, it's just awful. It's just awful. And I hate it. And I said, "I, I get that. That's a terrible place to be. And uh, he goes, but, you know, a few days before, just before that, I was at the bar. I had six drinks and I was talking with people. He goes, but this COVID thing's got me all wrapped up, you know. And I said, wait a minute, can can you go to the bar? And he goes, yeah, it was right down the street. And I said, and so you're at a restaurant. Were you with friends? And he said, yes, I was. And I said, so so explain hmm. that to me. And, and so he explained, you know, um, that he had gotten out of the house and he went down to the bar and and he was socializing and, and, you know, doing these different things, playing pool, whatever, um, and meeting people and, and, convert, and conversing. And I said, so set and setting really matters for you. Right. And I said, now, have you been binging your whole life? And he goes, well, not my whole life, but now it's been about 10 years. 
of this. And I said, but in that 10 years, do you drink differently when you're out and about? And Or do you get, just get shit face slammed every time I pass out in the parking lot and carry right, on and get right. in fights? And, you know, and he goes, no. Become a sweaty mess in the bar. <laughs> right, right. Do you go to the bar every day and drink until you pass out and you have to have a taxi bring you home? And it, is that how you drink at bars? And he said, no, not at all. I, I no. And then the light bulb went on. I could see the light bulb started going. And he's like, well, you know, maybe I can moderately drink. I said, well, at the bar, is it moderate drinking what, to, to your to your uh, criteria? And he said, yeah, I, I think it is. It's definitely not me slamming four bottles of vodka in four days. Wow. And um, I said, okay. Then, and he goes, but that scares me. He goes, what if I like it? And I say, you already do like it. Right. You, what, you, what if he likes what? Uh, what if I? What if he likes moderate drinking and then he's going to cascade into heavy drinking? And I said, wait a minute, do mm. you do that when you do the bar? And he goes, well, not really. He goes, but I get it in my head and then I go home and I drink. And I said, wait a minute. So let's just try something. Let's try an experiment where you go to the bar and 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 you just enjoy some drinking and have a meal, have a sandwich, and then go home and try that for the next weeks. That's it. That's all I want you to try. Just try that and see if the setting has a lot more to do with it than you think it does. And maybe you're trying to get out of this drinking thing two different things. One is isolating and living in a fantasy, which mm -hmm. is which has been problematic. And the other is social drinking out with people. And maybe you just need to convert to the social drinking model and that might satisfy you enough. Right. You know, I, I think the point was is to explore the different ways and not be afraid of it. Well, that's that's it. That that's the thing. The reason that we talk about moderation is because it's possible. Yeah. It's because it's a possibility for and everybody. For everybody. And and even this person right now his habit is very confounding to him. He doesn't really have a good handle on his fantasy. All right. What why he, you know, becomes, you know, goes on these several day benders that are really damaging to him health wise. Yeah, um, and he says he hates it, but nobody gets addicted to something they don't like. That's right. They don't get addicted to things they hate. So when he says, I hate it, I had to correct him probably 10 or 15 times. I said, wait a minute, you don't hate the front end. Right. You, you hate don't hate the, what the activity. And then I said, so how has it worked when you think of the consequences? Cause he kept going back to the consequences. I said, how does it work? How effective is it to think about the consequences? And he said, well, obviously not very effective. And I said, right. yeah. So, and there's a reason for that. When we think of the consequences in the absence of anything better out there, the only other better alternative is to be shit-faced. So, yeah. so when you think about the consequences, you go back to the devil you know. And uh, so there, what I'm trying to build with this fella is a third option. You don't have to, you don't have to have the costs as one option, which is my life is shit after a bender. Right. The other, other alternative that he sees at this point is being very drunk on the front end, which is the benefit, and living in the fantasy for about two days before it cascades into misery. And so those are his two options right now. Misery. In his mind. In his mind. And the rut that he's in because he's got tunnel vision. That's exactly correct. And, and I kept having to say, wait a minute, there's infinite other gray areas of drinking or not drinking. Right. Problem is the not drinking for him at this point doesn't seem plausible because he still believes in the magic. And I said, so we have to find some magic 
out there for you that isn't so problematic. You know, I explained to him that when I drink socially, there's magic involved. I know that the alcohol isn't making me more sociable. Right. I, I know that. I know that objectively. But I also know that I like to live in a little fantasy and enjoy the buzz. Right. So, but it's the knowledge that I'm playing a game that makes it so I don't fall off the deep end into a fantasy where I believe this shit's controlling me. Right, right. Well, we've, we've spent 30 years debunking all of that nonsense. And now the idea of of it is absurd. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. He's still somewhat plugged in. Um, he's a lot plugged in to the idea that he's out of control. Yeah. Um, and that. But it was good that you pointed out that he doesn't behave the same way drinking in, in a public place as he does drinking at home. Because clearly, if you were out of control, if if drinking set off this cycle, um, it wouldn't matter where you were. Right. And he would drink as he does at home straight through the night. Yeah. At the bar. He'd, he'd be he'd pissed off. He'd close out the bar. <laughs> he'd, he'd close out the bar. Then he'd run over or he'd have a pint in his pocket. Yeah. And, and he'd be drinking in the cab ride home. Um, and that's not the case. Right. That's not the case. So we have these different ways of drinking based on our expectations, what we're trying to wrest out of that experience. And um, and I was just pointing out that there's absolutely no reason that he has to sit in his house and drink himself into withdrawal. Um, he doesn't have to do that. He can choose to get out each day and drink moderately. There are plenty of people. I used to work in a warehouse when I was 19. I had already quit drinking. And every day, the old union boys that were in their 50s and 60s that had been working at that warehouse their whole lives, they were a great group of guys, man. Really cool. And they every time they would invite me. Now, the, the drinking age had just changed to 21, so I couldn't go. But uh, but I could have. I had a fake ID and shit. Right, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I drank in plenty of bars. So, But I said to them, you know, I, I don't. I'm just not interested, you know, at that point in my life. But they drank every night and they got up every day and they were very good workers and they had their shit together. And that's just the way they socialized. That's the way they lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't get in fights. They weren't assholes. They weren't, you know, carrying on like teenagers. They weren't doing any of that. They were laughing and just socializing and, and playing cards and being at the bar, shooting the shit. And uh, there's nothing wrong for this other fella to do that. No, no. But here's the thing. It's while he's focusing on the, the the powerlessness he feels and the negative consequences of his binges, um, while he's only focusing on that and he's lying to himself that he hates it. Yeah, it's, it's um it makes it really difficult uh to be able to shift your preference. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think what I'm trying to do is shake him out of the cycle that he's in. Yeah. While explaining over and over again that he's trying to live in some fantasy when he's sitting in that bed drinking vodka. Yeah. And what is he... Now, he's getting it. He said, well, it's escapism. Yeah. It's escapism. It's what it is for most people that do that. And I said, so, and he goes, and then it just, it it takes over. I said, wait a minute. What did you just say? It takes over. And I said, it, what? <laughs> and he goes, alcohol. And I said, I, I, how does it do that? How does, does hold it hold a gun to your head? Yeah. Does, <laughs> does it have a mind? We always have to go back to, does alcohol have a mind? Uh, does it have motive? Is it cunning, baffling, and powerful as AA 
you know, created the myth. God, it, it did seem that way. I can remember when I first when I went to my first meeting, hearing that and, and like going, yes. Like, yeah, I know, you know, I know, I, mean? I know. It's embarrassing now. It's really it's embarrassing. embarrassing. <laughs> so, so I think that, that, um, I think that exploring all options is a healthy thing to do. Yes. I think, I think if, look at, if you're, if your habit is that you're shooting heroin and there a bunch of your friends are dying all around you from fentanyl or bad drugs or whatever it might be, that's a different situation than what this fella is going through. He's going through something pretty rough. Let me tell you. It's pretty it, rough it, it, and dangerous. Yeah. It I mean, kill we, you, we've but, known people that have died drinking, just, oh, yeah. just, you know, drank too much and died. Um, but, but he's already starting to break free and lessening the problem. Mm -hmm. So, so we're just, and I told him, I said, better is better. Just keep working in this better direction. Start figuring out the gray areas where the drinking might fit in. Um, and you may get to the point where you switch to abstinence because that's what you actually want. Right. Now, when that happens, uh, when you've debunked this idea of escapism being possible through booze, once that's once we've tackled that enough that you get it, you're probably not going to be getting shit faced for a while. You well, know? no, no, and if you, and you're and the thing is, it's not an all or nothing thing. I, you know, I was an all or nothing person for a long time, Me too. and Me too. it's it's not a helpful way to live. It's not. So so you know maybe his preference changes and he decides, kind of much like I have that I I I don't prefer to drink when I'm home. Um, by myself, it's just not something I do. It's boring. It's boring. And, uh, maybe he just decides, you know, maybe I, I'll have a, I, his preference will be, I, I like going out with my friends and having a couple drinks with friends. And that's really all I want to do now. Um, but, but he's going to have to shed, like leave all the, the shame and the guilt and all that stuff that he's, what is he trying to escape from? Probably part of what he's trying to escape from is the shame and the guilt yeah. of what he's doing. So it's a, it's a, it's a really vicious cycle. Yeah, it is. It is. And I told him, you know, let's let's explore. I was talking with him about this bender that he went on in such normal language that it made him uncomfortable at first. And I said, I said, let's say his name was Tom. I said, Tom, listen, I. What you did, there's nothing wrong with what you did. Right. There's nothing right. Stop wrong. beating yourself up. Yeah. And I said, now, if you if you hurt people with it, mm. uh, you hurt your kids, that sort of thing, you deal with that as a separate issue and you say to yourself, okay, I, I hurt my kids. I'm not going to do that again. Um, and it's time to address that. But in this case, there there wasn't anything dramatic that it, it had right. happened. I said, what you did was you wasted five days and you can't That's get those it. back. Right. But then you move on. Then yes. you move on and you say, what utility did I get out of that experience? And let go of the shame because all that does is divert you from looking at something with accurate eyes. And, uh, you know, it's a huge distraction from the solution. Yeah, so, it really is. It really is. And so the reason, getting back to why we did this, the reason that we talk about that we put the three, the three options out there which is heavy use, continued heavy use, just as you're using, no change at all, um, moderate or adjusted use, where you reduce your substance use to what you consider to be non-problematic levels, and abstinence is because all three options are actually available. So why would we lie? Right. 
It, yeah, it's, it's absolute. And, and here's the crazy part. It's what people are doing, and it's the reason that people are coming to us. They're all the option they're choosing because they like it at, 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 at some, some level. level. Right, is, is, is heavy use. So that when, whenever Tom would say to me, I can't do this anymore, I said, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that, obviously that's, that, that's not true. That's not true. I understand what you're trying to say is you're trying to say, I can't have these consequences because they're painful. Um, and if you don't want that to happen, then you have to have a moderate appetite or an abstinence appetite. Uh, you don't have that yet. So you have to experiment and see if there's ways. But But sometimes it's as simple as, as understanding that the bender isn't that exciting. Yes, yes. That that really did I did I enjoy the benefits I got from that seriously? And that may seem like a stupid question to somebody. I who's, know. I know. I used you to, know. I as a teacher, I used to blow right past that. Yeah. And then Steve Steve made a point to me one time. He goes, "Is it really that exciting to chase drugs all day?" I thought about it, and I, I thought about that last six months that I was drinking. I was fuck no. Yeah, no. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's not exciting at all. It's and the it, reason that I quit drugs before I quit drinking. Same. <laughs> because I was like, this is a pain in the ass. It's exhausting. <laughs> and so, the benefits weren't worth it. But I didn't think of that that way intellectually. Yeah. Like I, I didn't know what I know now, but I, I just got to the point which almost everyone gets to, where they just think this isn't as great as it used to be. And maybe it's not great enough that I want to keep doing it. That's right. Or keep doing it in this way. And so so the goal is that we show people that they have control. They never lose control, which means that moderation is possible for anyone. And it means that you can make the choice to moderate or abstain based on the benefits you see in each of those options. And and for any of you people out there, I think that uh Carl Hart's last article where he talks about moderate heroin use sort of threw the whole drug world and recovery world on its head. And and what he did, all he did was he unearthed a culture out there of people that use drugs um, recreationally and safely. uh, And his new book covers that topic. You know, it's drug use for adults, I think it's called. Drug use for grownups. For grownups, right. So, um, you know, so this isn't this... It's reality. It's reality that people use in all kinds of different ways. And um, now I abstained. I always go back to this. I abstained because I wanted to be done. Me too. It was the better option. So I explained to Tom, I said, when you get to the end of the bender, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what day did you quit? I, let's say it was a Wednesday, last Wednesday. So last Wednesday. I said, why? Right. Why did you stop? Why did you stop? Well, I was sick and everything. And I said, so let's convert this into a, a freedom model exercise. So was so you not being sick was better than being sick, right? Yes. And I said, then how come you keep talking about how much you hated being sick? Why don't you say, I wanted to be not sick? Do you understand what I just did? I yes. converted it from a consequence to a benefit. Yes. And and really what I'm the point I'm making is that we stop when we we see the benefit in it when we want to stop. So if if there was something that had you out of control or had you controlled or diseased, you would drink yourself like a drug taking zombie right to your death, but that's not hmm. what happens when that's you right. wanted to not be sick, when you wanted the benefit of health, when you wanted the benefit of seeing your kid again, when you wanted the benefit of going to work again. 
and not feeling shameful and not being embarrassed when you wanted the benefit of making a living because you're not in bed. You can't make a living in bed drunk. When you wanted the benefit, you stopped. Yes. Yes. You were focused on the benefit of stopping. Not, and maybe there was some of that, you know, I want this to stop or that to stop the consequences you were, but you really, that that's the thing. You tipped the scales. And I actually talked about that in one of my lessons that I'm making of, of how you tip the scales from, uh, from running away to, to, running, to, to running to something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you start to, because, because the, the fear of consequences, it didn't stop him. Well, I, I use this in one of my lessons in the new online program we're developing, and I'll tell it here. When, because I've, I've experienced being attacked by a bear, and and I before I was attacked by the bear, when I wrote one of the editions, I wrote about this because I studied animal attacks, um, being a being a conservationist that I am. So when what happens in the mind when that happens, and it's really remarkable. The first initial thing when the animal is coming at you, it's charging, is fear. There's a fear response, which is almost immediately switched to, I got to go find safety. Okay? Now, I'm telling you, this is the most elemental fear-based change in an environment. So at one moment, you're safe. The animal turns around, whatever, a bear, lion, whatever, in my case, the bear. And you realize, oh, my God, it's on. You know, this thing yeah. is going to attack me. And then it, then it starts charging and, and you realize it's not stopping. It's going to kill me. Your mind quickly goes. It's so amazing because everything slows down. And really what happens is your your mind gets really efficient. And you go from fear response to I got to find a better situation. So you go from scared to motivation. It right. flips. There's a switch that goes in your psyche that is almost seamless and instant. And we do that with drinking. We do that with every single thing that scares us. We go from fear, deprivation, all these negative costs and consequences. And then we start thinking about, I'm going to quit for a period of time because I want health. I want, I don't want to be embarrassed. I got to get rid of the shame. I'm going to go. And your mind will become PDP motivated, positive drive principle motivated. And you'll go towards a solution to all of these problems. Here's the issue. Because you don't allow for any other possibilities, the solution within a week or two becomes booze again. That's right. Because the PDP, I was just thinking that, works with all of us. That's right. If you still see the benefits in intoxication, if you still believe that there are benefits in intoxication. That are greater than just the mundane life of being in recovery or sober. Yes. Yes, then you go to that. That becomes the better position. Mm-hmm. And so you start drinking again. Then that fades into a bender that is painful and awful. And then your mind will switch to mo- become motivated to stop again. Again. Which is the cycle. Now, what I'm trying to do with Tom is go to a third or fourth or fifth option. All these other options that are available, maybe going to the bar and having a few pops and being social is better than sitting in bed. You know, he can escape in various ways. I said, can you escape in other ways? And he, and I did this with another student just the other day. I said, do you, do you have to? Yes, I did too with my student. Do you have to be shit faced to escape? 
I mean, we're all trying to make life in this difficult thing called life. We're trying, we're trying to make it better. Yeah. We're trying to escape. Everybody needs an escape once in a while. It's completely human and normal. You know, some people do it with yoga. Some people go take Taekwondo. Um, and some people just simply have a mindset where they go, I'm going to let go of my stress. I've learned to do that. By the Me way. too. Me too. I, I, I have because I had no choice. I worked in a very stressful, we work in a very stressful environment and I Me have too. to let it go. We do ironically, um, working with substance users all these years has probably been one of the most stressful jobs we could have picked. Yeah, it was, it was, tough. <laughs> it was really tough. Research in this arena is, is a difficult process. Human behavior sciences is, is tough. So um yeah. So anyway, I, I think that that uh I think we covered this pretty well. Well, um, here's here's one of the things that he mentioned COVID and and COVID has made life Ridiculous. not as fun Ridiculous. as it used to be, it's right? Ridiculous. And so, so a lot of the things that people that I used to do to to escape, I don't even escape is not the right word. I don't have a life I need to escape from, thankfully. So I've I, I've worked to make my life so it's not something I want to escape from regularly. Um, but but the things that help me, like going to the gym, haven't been able to do that. Right. Uh, live music, which I genuinely need and I'm having serious withdrawal from. Um, haven't been able to do that. We haven't really been able to go out and do much of anything social. Um, so so it requires you to be creative. Yeah. You know, it does. It and, does. And so walking so I can walk. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, by our communist government. It's awesome. Um, so whatever you find. I can't do yoga. There's no yoga classes right now. For a little while, there was underground yoga, but I think they got shut down. <laughs> it was like, like speakeasy yoga. Yeah. So ridiculous. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, but here's, here's the deal. Um, anyone can moderate. Not everybody wants to, uh, the, the goal is to figure out what you want. And yeah. that's, that's what we help people to do here. And so I think, I think that's it for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help in breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us by phone at 888-424-2626 or through our websites, thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. Soberforever.net provides detailed information about our retreat, the St. Jude Retreat, where people come and stay with us for, for two to four weeks. TheFreedomModel.org is our hub and has a ton of free resources and information, including videos, these podcasts, free ebooks, and information about our at-home private instruction program. For our uh, podcast listeners, you can get digital editions of our full program books, The Freedom Model for Addictions and The Freedom Model for the Family, for free. And our coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout, you get those at TheFreedomModel.org. Um, paperback and Kindle versions and other e-reader versions are available for purchase on Amazon or one of the other online retailers. And if you have questions and you want to reach us, don't forget our number, 888-424-2626. Or email us at info at thefreedommodel.org. You can also follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. We have a ton of videos on there. There are also three Facebook groups that we started for people to discuss their experience breaking free from addiction and perpetual recovery. They are the Freedom Model Group, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. 
All right, everybody, take care. Oh, and if you need detox, go to gallusdetox.com. That's G-A-L-L-U-S detox.com. They're great at what they do. From everyone here at the Freedom Auto, we wish you well. Until next time.